0: My name is Kenny Dial and I want to welcome you to the Scuba Diving channel. This channel is for anybody that is aquatically inclined or just aquatically curious. Our next guest is Don Boyer, Don lives in Daytona. He is a seasoned pro, not only at scuba diving and rescue here in Daytona Beach, but also at staying happy and active in life. He's going to share that. The reason we're interviewing Don is you'll never guess his age. He's one of the most active, busiest guys I've ever seen. How he still is excited at his age and what he does to stay excited. He actually tells us a secret to it at the end of the interview. Welcome, Don Boyer. Don Boyer, you've been teaching scuba diving for a long time. And you have been teaching water safety even longer. Am I correct?
1: That's accurate, yeah. Yeah.
0: What was your first experience where you actually went out
1: there and got yourself wet for real? Swimming, playing like all of us did growing up. It was just something to do. But when I put on a mask, changed everything because I could see. What'd you see? A bunch of brim around a pilot on a dock that we dove off of.
0: <laughs> and that was enough to get you excited? God, yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. When did
0: you actually get SCUBA certified? 69,
1: 70.
0: Okay, the year 1969 or 1970. Yeah. Can you describe that first experience, that first time going underwater?
1: I was amazed at the presentation. I think I had a great instructor because they didn't lose me. What I mean by that is they kept my interest. I wanted to do more because I had such a great time. You know, how they made you feel had a lot to do with it. You know, they said, well, you're a dumbass. You're not going." Instead, he said, you'll be a diver.
0: So you think how the instructor
1: makes you feel, would you say that is the most important thing? I would. The way I was introduced, make you feel like you count, like it's something that could work for you.
0: What happened after
1: that? Just diving till I dropped. Anytime I got a chance, I went diving. And you worked your way up through the ranks? If I'd have known you then, I would have bored you with my stories. Man, you should have been on this trip. It was great. And people said, man, you ought to teach diving as much as you love it. And that's what started that pursuit.
0: And your job at that time was?
1: Rescue swimmer for Volusia County.
0: Rescue swimmer for (laughs) Volusia County. That's Daytona Beach.
1: Mm -hmm. A place that I got my teaching permit was in Orlando, Florida, and they asked me if I'd like to teach for them. And I thought, well, sure. Okay. I was flattered. I thought, me? (laughs) It was nice because I thought they were doing it to help me get started so they could kind of interview and watch and back and say here's what you did good here's what you did bad and I got good reports so I thought maybe I can do this stuff you know so you thought
0: maybe starting now having at least some of your classes through a facility gives you an extra pair of eyes for self-evaluation critiquing making yourself better I thought it
1: helped me a lot personally people that know what you're supposed to be teaching help you a lot if, if they're worth a damn you know they're going to help you develop or get better or say hey good job
0: It probably wouldn't hurt to at least get some experience with a facility. I think so. Is that what you're saying? I think so, yeah. I guess you've given it a bit of a brand name just so people know how to find you or or what to call you. And it's called Aquatic Alternative. Correct. What does the
1: alternative part mean? It's going to be a different way of teaching. I never wanted to be the guy on the Porsche lot that I've got to sell these Porsches to make my paycheck. Come to me if you want to learn, because I think I've got more to offer than anyone else. Isn't that conceited-sounded? God, I can't believe I just said it, but that's how I felt.
0: It's okay. I think you should have a certain level of confidence if you're going to be taking people underwater for the first
1: time. Well, working in that field and seeing people struggle in the water is really is an eye-opener. You know that it can happen, Yeah. and it changes your perspective. At least as much of a child as I am, I can settle down and be serious about someone's life.
0: You've been successful teaching. You've still got a following. When I had a dive shop, you came and helped me out a few times. So you had no trouble jumping over and helping someone out. God, no. What would you tell a dive shop owner that might feel threatened by independent instructors in their area?
1: I don't feel as a threat to them, because if you asked me about which shop to go to here in town, I would say, go to all of them, try them, see what you like. I tell people all the time, people always ask you, what's the best agency? I said, it's the best instructor. I don't know what's the best agency. It's the guy that has a passion for it. They really wants to see you get an education, in in my view. You know, if you need equipment, you need to go talk to the equipment guy because he can help you out.
0: But there's an argument out there that equipment is a part of the training because your training starts day one with equipment.
1: My equipment lecture, everybody's got a toy. Everyone's got something that we're talking about at the time. They've got a reg, a setup, look at how this works, look how this stuff functions. And you tell the people the basics without boring them because some people aren't technical oriented. But if you have an understanding about it, and it's during your breaks when you really find out your audience, you find out your class, because I make myself available to every class, sit around, and I'd like to know, why you're taking diving. You find out a lot about people that way, you know, like I'm taking diving because I want to plant bombs underneath foreign ships and blow them up. Oh, that's interesting, different. I never heard that before. I teach lecture discussion. That's the technique I use because I want to hear your feedback. I want to see if we're communicating, if you're grasping what I'm trying to tell you. And if you're not, I take that information and turn it into another avenue to present the information. Maybe I didn't give it to you the way that it made sense to you. Let me explain it to you this way, Yeah, and then you start that. You try another way and then you start communicating. And I think that helps a lot with a a new person coming in. I think all instructors should do that. Is there a commonly held practice
0: out there that you see happening that seems to be pretty commonly accepted?
1: All of my students put their mask on top of their head unless we're in CHOP. It's just common to do it. I've worked with dive units in my life. We all put our mask on our head. I know the cavers like to put it around backwards, good for them, whatever reason. I still put it on top of my head and talk.
0: You're saying, instructors saying, don't put your mask on your head is your pet peeve.
1: Yes, maybe because I've worked in in aquatic rescue for a long time. You learn to read panic, and this is not a panic move. How you doing, Katie? Wasn't that great? This is a panic move. Oh, my God. So
0: you're saying the, the instructors out there that are telling their students that a mask on their forehead is a
1: sign of distress. I've heard that many times. You believe that is just not worth giving them a hard time for? I don't even believe it, it's it needs to be mentioned. It's not a distress signal.
0: So you're saying some of these little nuances that some instructors may get hung up on. I hear what you're saying. We've seen instructors chastise students for something that... Probably as soon as you get outside of that class is immaterial.
1: You should be over here because that's exactly right.
0: (laughs) Don, you teach in Daytona Beach, one of the largest destinations for spring break, also bike week, also NASCAR, and it's just a beach and you've been doing this for a long time. I would say it's safe to say that you have a pretty good cross section
1: of students. I do. I'm very fortunate.
0: What would you like to tell a new independent instructor out there and Don Boyer truly believes it'll make teaching easier and more fun?
1: When you're starting out, I would say having the luxury that I had guys sit in that were instructors and just kind of see how you flowed, how you did it and offer tips. It was great. Attend seminars and you'll pick up on different stuff from different guys. I don't think it's stealing, I think it's just making you more solid. What is doing your homework? You're a diver and you're teaching diving. Learn everything you can about it. Learn every way to present the material. And, and then that passion, you, you can't beat that. If you have a passion for something, you're gonna do good at it, I think. Uh, you know, you gotta really like what you do. What about some of those instructors
0: they started doing it for a living whether they're dive shop owners employees or even independent instructors and how do you keep from being burnt out how would you tell someone else that's getting burnt out do you have a solution for that yes
1: i do i've never gotten burnt out but i'm different as an independent instructor you take on the classes when you want them. i don't have to pay the lights i don't have to pay the water i don't have to pay any overhead it's a different situation for an independent but if you want help, when you're getting burnt out, take another course, get reinvolved, start from the bottom somewhere else. Relearn because sometimes I think that triggers learning. My theory is when you stop learning, you die. And as long as you're learning, you're feeding that, that hunger that's there. Uh, I want to know more. I want to know a better way to teach. I don't want to be burnt out. If you're going to be a scuba instructor, enjoy it first of all, and then try to make other people enjoy it. We're so lucky in Florida, because we have water temperature that's friendly most of the time, and we have so much diverse diving down here. It's it's the greatest, you cannot beat it. Broaden your horizons is places to dive. Don, if you don't mind me asking. Uh Uh-oh. How old are you? 75.
0: You're 75? Yeah. At 75 years old, still loves to dive, still loves to teach, and you're still learning. Is it fair to say that no matter what your certification, no matter how long you've been doing it, scuba diving is is a continuous license to learn?
1: That's dead nuts. Yep. Uh, Spot on. Would that be better? Yeah, absolutely. Because when you quit learning, you die.
2: I hope you loved this conversation with Don Boyer from Aquatic Alternative. To hear the full-length uncensored interview, visit sweetwaterscuba.com. One of the biggest ways you can support this show is to leave a rating in Apple Podcasts. Not a review, because let's be honest, it takes too long to think of something to type. But just go to the show in Apple Podcasts and tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. It'll take you less than seven seconds, and I promise it helps us a ton. To watch these conversations on video, head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Scuba Diving channel. And finally make sure to follow our companion series, Down to 60, where we share action-packed, really fun, one-minute videos that break down dive sites and dive skills. Just search Down to 60 on YouTube, Instagram, or wherever the heck you're hanging out on the internet.